Alrighty, good morning everybody. Guru and the Wiz here on a Saturday morning. We are here to talk a little football, a little bit of a segue from what we've been doing. Uh, I, I, I just realized, Wiz, we are uh, 20 teams in for our team summary, so we are making very, very nice progress there. Happy Saturday morning to you. How are you doing, Wiz? Uh, happy Saturday. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. I think this is what we wanted to do. We want to like uh, kind of do the team segments and then kind of lead right into August 1st. And then we'll really start getting into specific uh, position, uh, uh, you know, eligibility, as, uh, you know, with the rankings and, um, and, all, and all of that all of that stuff and where we rank these guys and get it gets a little bit more specific uh, than what we've been doing. So we've tried to kind of like slowly but surely time it. So when we finish with the team capsules, it's right around August 1st, and then we'll uh, start delving into more detailed, specific areas of fantasy football. Yeah, and look, we're, we're, this is critical. This is a critical time. You've mentioned this a number of times before about football having the advantage of seeing what happens with, with both basketball and baseball and hockey and all, well, all of those three, sorry. Uh, and and I, I just actually looked today, I, 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 to my astonishment, the, the Mets and Yankees are playing a home-and-home -home, uh, scrimmage game uh, tonight and tomorrow night at, at, at City Field and Yankee Stadium Uh uh, I mean, I was buried down on baseball with everything that's gone on. But, you know, look, it's it's nice to see something coming back. So those are the the the, the test, uh, the test labs, if you will. And uh, football is going to get the advantage of seeing what happens there. Yeah, I think I think, you know, baseball, especially with larger rosters and more players in the sport is something that, you know, football can kind of piggyback off of and see what they have done wrong, see what they've done right. But uh, I tell you, out of all these sports, I'm really impressed with Dana White and the UFC uh, with what they've done. Um, tonight, they're running another card, and this will be three fight cards in seven days. Um, there have been fighters or cornermen uh, in the fighters' camp that have had, you know, come down positive COVID-19. They've had placements ready to go these cards have gone off without a hitch and uh sure it's a lot easier when it's boxing or ufc where it's one-on-one -on -one and there's less people even you know they have a corner of a few guys um you know in each fighter's corner um or in the ufc behind the octagon but very impressed with what they've done and uh you know they they've done a great job and i'm just wondering if there's some little things that the UFC has done in terms of just the testing aspect of it that the NFL could kind of pick up on and, and, and see what they've done right. So, but, but the big, the big benchmark we'll see will, will be not so much basketball because, you know, they've taken extra, extra, extra precautions, but baseball is a little bit more of what football is going to do or a lot more what football is going to do. So we'll see how that goes. And, um, and, uh, you know, getting on to football, is there any uh, specific topics you want to get into? I know you're uh, you're chomping at the bit about a few things in the NFL. Yeah, no, I, I am actually. You know, and, and I think, you know, there's going to be have to we'll, – we'll get to this at some point in the segment about, you know, some of the things that leagues may have to think about, everything from their – you know, how their draft is going to get handled uh, to, to maybe some of the in-season stuff you're going to have to be dealing with when it comes to players coming down with, with COVID because uh, it looks like – uh, the NFL is is 
authorizing uh, a three-week uh, hiatus once you test positive. So that's a pretty aggressive stance. Uh, we'll see if that moves around at all because, as we know, in the PGA, they, they've changed some of the processes that they started with as they went along. So I don't think it's consistent. I'd say the one thing born out of that for me, and it, I, I mentioned it to you, and it's kind of a interesting revelation and maybe some, some, some notation that team owners, if we do have football, are going to have to think about is the players that have already tested positive. Now, some of those have been revealed, some of them haven't, but I'll use an example of, of Ezekiel Elliott, who has tested positive, and you know, to what we know, player, you know, people don't get a recurrence of this. Um, so is there an advantage, I guess, from, from a standpoint of players that actually come out testing positive and you know, how they would rank as you go? We know Ezekiel Elliott's a top five running back, of course, but you know, does, he, does he get a little extra oomph behind him because – now he's less likely to be dealing with a uh, potential three-week um, uh, departure as a result of COVID. Yeah, I, I don't think that could be something that should be glossed over. Quite frankly, I think it's a, it's a, you know an excellent point and and something that you bring up. And uh, you know, you could we could be very very specific here. I mean, if somebody's in a snake draft or an auction draft, and 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 two players that are you know specifically that. I've seen taken before each other, depending on what draft. They're like Ezekiel Elliott and like Saquon Barkley. And if you have that choice, I think the fact that Elliott has had COVID-19 and most likely he's not going to miss three weeks coming down with that has to be taken into consideration. Um, We are, you know, in, we were in the midst of crazy and strange times, and this is a crazy and strange angle to look at it. But I think there's, there's, there's real merit to it. And um, look, as far as you can get it again, I, I, I think the science is, is not quite sure. If you can, they're saying they don't think so. But what they're also saying is that if you get it, the antibodies wear off over a certain amount of time and then you can get it again. You know, no one seems quite sure. And uh, of course it's very, very scary when doctors are not sure about things and they're learning things as we go. But certainly at least, you know, in my view, it has to be something that, you know, should be considered a player that has tested positive. So I, I think, I think you bring up not only a very valid point, but an insightful point as well. Yeah, so we'll see how that kind of develops. And, you know, sometimes we're not going to find out who, who the players are that test positive, but that was one of the more noteworthy ones that, that was kind of mentioned. So uh, I thought very interesting. Like, do you think, Wiz, at some point in time, the NFL may have to adopt um, a bubble the way the NFL is? Or, you know, baseball don't, doesn't seem to have the bubble effect, and you mentioned that that's, it's more in line with that. You know, is there, and, and we know that there's a lot of negotiating behind the scenes going on with Demora Smith and the Players Association. We're trying to figure out if we're going to have a preseason game or not. Um, I, from what I heard yesterday, it seems likely actually that um, I think the Chiefs and the rookies from the Chiefs and the Texans are slated to report on Monday. Those two teams are playing in the first game of the season, so they're getting a little bit of a, a head start. But it looks like we are going to move forward with camps. But do you think at some point the NFL may have to think about, uh, you know, maybe a more dormitory-style uh, situation for, for for the upcoming season, or it's going to kind of be a wait-and-see? I, I think at this point it's a, it's a wait-and-see. I think that as far as the bubble, they would have had to have probably gotten that underway um, 
months ago. Um, but it's, 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 it, it, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, the NBA seems like the, the safest and surest thing. Like if someone said to me, place a bet between hockey, I mean, we'll leave hockey out for the time being, it's just go basketball, baseball, football. And someone said, place a bet, who's going to get this done? You know, the baseball season, the football season, or the NBA playoffs and championship and go through it without it being halted or, you know, derailed or whatever, I, I would make a pretty sizable bet the NBA will get this done for for a lot of reasons. But, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, unknown variables when it comes to what's about to take place here with, 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 with baseball and football. But I, I'm just going to go back to one thing that you said. I think in the world we live in now with football – and all sports, but but really football with fantasy football, the gambling aspect of it, the money that's wagered, and 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 the fact that the NFL has embraced, if you will, gambling and fantasy aspects in football. They are going to have to announce who which the players are that have tested positive coming into the season and a week by a week basis for COVID-19. Very interesting. There has to be, I, I just feel there has to be with the, with the, with the, with the, all the craziness that's going on in the world today, sports related and not sports related, there has to be a call for full transparency. And I just feel like with, with the fact that the NFL, like I said, has embraced gambling and the fantasy aspect of it, which is so prominent, especially in football, that they're going to have to actually have like a COVID-19 list that's, you know, transparent for everybody to see. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great, 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 great point. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to my buddy uh, Wayne in Singapore, who we've mentioned before, and uh, he knows that both of us like to play around with the, uh, the, the, we mentioned it in one of our episodes with the, with the over under and wins and, and, and you and I, of course, during the season, love to play different variations of of beds, uh, you know, bets, bet spreads, and stuff like that. Uh, he was wondering if we were going to actually do any segments on 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 the actual the gambling side of it. And you know, look, we we when we're talking about fantasy, where we are doing that, um, you know, I think there's a an opportunity for us to maybe discuss, you know, how some games go down and what we think, you know, from a fantasy perspective, the implications of those games. And and that could lead to some discussion on, on what we think about the games, but we haven't actually quite decided to go down that road just yet. It's something to just ponder for the, for the two of us. I, I, I I had not. Yeah. I think the way they're going to do it is, you know, because there is so much money wagered on football that they're going to have to set a system in place where I don't know if they're going to be, <laughs> well, I mean, this is, this is, you know, it's, this is away from fantasy football. This is just gambling for a second. So I'm sure there, there will be a lot of people who will love this part of it, but can you imagine a situation where, you know, it's like always like as soon as the lines come out, uh, which is probably right after the Monday night game, probably Tuesday morning, the point spreads for the following week come out, right? And you can bet any amount of money on Vegas and somebody gets inside information or maybe not inside information. They get the knowledge of it before it's out there that 
for a specific week, you know, I'm just going to throw this guy out, whatever, you know, just it could be anybody, that Pat Mahomes has tested COVID, and now a point spread without Pat Mahomes for the Chiefs, and a guy finds that out, and he goes to Vegas, or he's in Vegas, and he gets information before it's out there, and a player like Pat Mahomes, probably more so, or maybe Lamar Jackson, depending on how good the backups, I'm just using these players as examples, how drastic the point spread would be, and you could, you know, this could really start delving into gambling, and, and this could be all sorts of problems. So I'm just wondering... If Vegas is going to do something that they maybe have never, ever done and not put point spreads out on games until a certain day or or do something that I don't think they've ever done either is limit to this year how much a game can be bet. Because just imagine that, right? You... Um, there's a point spread. The Chiefs are uh, playing another good team, the Ravens, and somebody has now found out that Pat Mahomes has tested positive, and now they're gonna they're playing the game at home. So they they're a three and a half, four point favorite, or four and a half point favorite when two teams are about even. The home spread is usually worth three and a half, four points, and now they find out that he's tested positive before anyone else has found that out. And the guy, and, and millions and millions of dollars, he goes and bets on the Ravens because he's getting four and a half points. When he knows the information comes out, that line is going to move to pick him or the Ravens will be a three-point favorite, which is a massive, massive, massive point differential. And uh, I'm just wondering about the gambling aspect, how the NFL and how Vegas is going to entertain that for this year. Yeah, in addition to that, that's a great point. In addition to that, which is which is something that's coming out uh, right now, it's it's it appears that there are some states that are going to allow fans, and as Philadelphia announced the other day, some teams that will or some states, excuse me, that will not allow fans. So that also, and and granted, we're talking about most likely somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty five to thirty percent of of normal crowds. And that leads me to the question is, do you think, well, and I know, I, I think I read somewhere tonight in, in the Met game, actually, where they are going to pipe in fan noise. They have the cardboard cutouts of fans and stuff. You've mentioned this a little bit too, when it comes to team, team home advantages, uh, specifically teams like the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the New Orleans Saints, who have predominant, um, over the years, predominant team home field advantages. Uh, you, is, there an op- is there an opportunity here for, for teams to think about actually piping in fan, fan, fan noise? H- how do you think that works? Because home field advantage basically d- disappears. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> I'm indifferent on that. I mean, I, I don't know. I think if you really don't have – if you don't have the real thing there, if you don't have fans in attendance, I, I just don't understand the point of it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Everyone's under the same umbrella, so while you're going to lose the advantage that you would have playing a home game, you're going to gain the advantage of not having to deal with you when you're playing on the road. Everyone's under the same umbrella. I don't like the to hide the noise, well, what are you going to do? You're going to have somebody who, you know, may have an advantage because they figured out a better system and to make it louder and to make it crazier. And, you know, a, their, their team's technology has figured out a better way of doing it, so they're an advantage. I say this is strange times. 
we're dealing with. I just feel forget the if you're not going to have fans, forget just let the teams play, let the best team win. I don't. I just I just think once you start getting into these artificial things, <clears throat> it, it it loses a little bit. So. I'm indifferent about it, but if someone said to me, "You make the call on it," I would say, "Just let you know, forget about the fan noise, because then you just could start getting into like, oh, this team has been able to figure out a way how it really affects the other team more than you know." Then you start getting into artificial advantages, which which I don't like. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's a real, it's a really strange one. I, I don't know how it works. So. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I've, I guess I've started really thinking about, you know, my lists and formulating who I like and don't like. I, you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of people that I speak to aren't actually preparing because they're very nervous if we're half football. So I think I think that's a mistake. I think you have to prepare as it was. Uh, so I, I guess I would ask you, are, are you really thinking about this kind of rookie uh, slash veteran story that that when it comes to a lot of different teams and a lot of situations that, that we're going to have to really think more carefully about uh, for your for your rankings this year? Because I, I, I think I'm definitively doing that where in a normal year, and I'm not saying this is the case for every rookie, but I think in a lot of cases, and particularly the running back spot when it comes to pass protection, I'm, I'm definitely taking this into consideration a little bit more. And, of course, if you're playing a dynasty league, that, that's more to consider. But... I just think this year being as in, as strange as it is, this is a lean to the veteran year for me. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's not a one size fits all um, situation. To be honest, uh, I think I think it all depends on other variables. Is, is the coaching staff in place? You know, you have a situation like what's going on with Carolina. Where you got a new coach, a new offensive coordinator, and a new quarterback. And then on top of that, there's going to be rookies sprinkled in there. That makes for a difficult situation where it's probably going to take some time to get to get their footing um, going, um, to get acclimated with each other. Uh, unlike you know the Saints who who've got this infrastructure in place and uh, it'll, it'll be a lot easier. But as far as the rookies go, it, it, it's just, it's going to, it's going to be difficult. All of these reps and all of these, um, all time spent that they would, they would have had is, is not going to be there. So I'm just wondering if those, if that month or two will have to be used as the first four or six weeks of the season to try and get themselves ready so I would say to your question, yes, the existing players and the veterans who have been in the system um, have have an advantage for sure. But, you know, it, it doesn't mean that there are certain rookies that by midseason are not going to get their footing. And then, you know, if they, if they have great value on draft day because a lot of people are thinking along those lines, you know, that, that that's something you have to look at as well. So, listen – there is confusion <laughs> amongst yeah. everybody, um, the owners, the players, um, the league, the the fantasy football players. It, it's all confusing times. You, it's it, it's 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 one thing to try and like just figure out player rankings and who's going to have a great year and avoid injuries and get lucky by itself and now you're throwing this in the mix 
it will be a season that will never ever be forgotten and um and there's a lot of variables that are going to go into it but yeah it, it certainly seems that the rookies are at a disadvantage just based on not being uh, familiar with what the teams want to do. Do you think we're going to start on time? Like, what's your what's your what's your call at this juncture about starting on you know when right after Labor Day as we normally do that Thursday night game and and then uh, the first week in the NFL season during, over the following weekend? Is there a potential? And we know the way the NFL laid out the schedule to have some flexibility to move, especially in the first few four weeks. But they, they still seem very intent on starting the season on time. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I know I've spoken to a lot of people, and I think you even said or your prediction was it's going to start but not on time. Like, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen from – September 8th, is that the open, what's the opening day? Yeah, it might be the 8th, something like that. 7th or 8th, I think it is. What, what, what's going to happen from September 8th if that's the day to September 22nd? If they, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, you know, I doubt a vaccine is going to happen in that two-week time frame. I'm not sure what's going to happen. So the way I look at it, if it's not going to start on September 8th, then it's going to be pushed back and it'll be more than a two-week delay. Uh, I'm just wondering why the NFL, if they haven't thought about it, like kind of doing and thinking about what the Ivy League is going to do and, and, and think about playing spring football. Um, if, if, In other words, instead of the fallback in the NFL being a 16-game schedule, a 14-game schedule, or a 12-game schedule, I'm not sure why they couldn't try and figure out a way to say, okay, plan A is to start this thing September 8th. If it's not going to work then, I don't see what's going to work in two weeks later. And then the fallback system would be, let's start thinking about starting the season in the February, beginning of March. Yeah, and I think you got to wait to see how the, the, the spikes that we've seen in the South and, and in California, how that all evolves over the next few weeks. Uh, hopefully it starts to get a little bit better. You know, we've improved a lot here in the Northeast. Um, you know, on that, I, I would say the only thing that would push me to think that the season would start a couple of weeks ago, and the reason behind it would just be from a conditioning perspective if they're not able to start camp on time. Because, look, I, I think there's a worry here, too, going into the season that, you know, injuries, because players haven't had their normal preseason protocol, uh, we are more susceptible to injuries. I mean, this is already a brutal sport, um, you know, the question of is, you know, could, could it get a little uglier as a result of that? So that would be the one reason why I think if they were not able to start preseason on time to push back the start of the regular season, it, it would be nothing to do because people aren't going to take this vaccine now anyway, even if you had some miracle. This is a this is a much more down the road event. Um, so so for me, it's about conditioning of the players being the 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 obstacle that we might be dealing with to start the season on time. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of unknowns. I, I know a lot of players are happy that, you know, the preseason is either going to be one game or no games. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can see what you're saying. Uh, but I, I, my personal view is if it's not starting on time, then, you know, then, then, then that's, that's a sign of trouble right off the bat. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, like, well, could it move, move back a week or two because of what you say or something else? It, possibly. I, I just don't see if it's COVID-related 
the difference what's going to happen between like September 8th and September 22nd. So we'll we'll have to see how that goes. Um, wanted to talk about what's going on here with the Redskins. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, man, the NFL is dealing with a lot here. I mean, they are dealing with the you know the COVID 19. Then the issue with the systemic racism and 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 all of that and the players and 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 the thought on that and now with this Washington Redskins situation. So let me let me start off by giving my my viewpoints on this. I've seen somewhere, some places where the Redskins are going to be fined and they're investigating and there could be draft picks taken away and you know you know. What I say to that is, so what? I mean, what is that going to do to the Redskins? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that as any big deal, fine, or taking a pick. So, what's your view on that? Well, yeah, I, I listened to uh, an interview the other day with the, one of the, one of the reporters who who kind of broke the story for the Washington Post. Uh, the woman who who did it. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name right here. So. And it was very explosive. And, and, and in addition, she added, even though she did not um, uh, have the insight because she did not interview that the minority ownership, uh, which is a 40 percent stake that that uh, that the group of three, one of them being the, the CEO, Fred Smith of, of FedEx, they want out. They, they don't want to deal with the ineptness of, of Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder is probably one of the worst, if not the worst owner in, in, in sports. He's got a, f- a few a few comp- competitors for that, but he's he's basically been a disgrace of an owner for a very long time. I, I agree it's a lot to think about, and, and, and the Redskins, of course, are not going to be the Redskins anymore. They'll, they'll be a different team, and, and certainly Ron Rivera really works w- walks into some situation here. But, you know, I think it's a disgrace to see that this kind of stuff was going on. Uh, it doesn't surprise me because, like I said, Daniel Snyder's done nothing well. Um, except maybe inherit his daddy's money along the way. But he's certainly run this team into the ground, a once very proud franchise that's that's no longer what it once was, and, and change needs to happen. Um, I don't know. Is there, a, is there a force in ownership at some point in time by the NFL? Does it get that, that, that aggressive? You, 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 I, I think there's a, an irony that his initials are the same initials as Donald Sterling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think that if, if there's any evidence... If this investigation shows at all that Daniel Snyder, even if he didn't uh, promote it or whatever, if he knew about this, it, it, under his watch, he's got to go. Yeah. He has got to be removed. And, uh, you know, I, this is the thing that bothers me. Like, I don't understand why owners and players and people in management are not looked at and have to adhere to the same things that players uh you know this is way 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 worse and more disgraceful than a lot of these things that players get suspended for and and things that have happened uh you know to me if somebody has a drinking or or a drug problem that's an illness and they get suspended for six games or whatever you get to that but this, to me, is way, way worse. You are purposely doing something uh, for what kind of entertainment value. It's not a disease of alcohol, you know, or, or, or drug-related. This is, this is something that's way worse. And in my view, 
this is a no-brainer. If Daniel Snyder is, has been shown through this investigation that he knew about this in any way, shape, or form, he has got to be removed. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would hope that the other owners are reading that charge. Yeah, unequivocally, yes for that. You know, I worked in corporate America for 30-odd years. You know, I, I can't tell you how many courses that we took, uh, you know, compliance courses about HR-related things. And, and as you mentioned, the players go through this. They representatives from the league come in and instruct the players certain protocols how you're supposed to act you know you're representing you representing the team when you're out in public so all of these things you know you're under contractual obligations as such and you know the administration of a team is no different i'm shocked that they had such you know again we have to see what the the, the actual um investigation shows but to have such a significant culture of of this that's taking place. It's really disgusting and hard to believe in this day and age. So, yeah, I agree with you. He's if if he will easily lose ownership of this team if that's the case. And I, I think that you may start seeing an avalanche here with similar stories that they're going to start coming out because I, I just cannot believe and would be hard pressed to believe that it just happened in that in that to that franchise. So I would not be shocked now that kind of like. This door has been opened a little bit. Now it's going to be shoved open, and you're going to see a lot more uh, women uh, who've worked in front office, cheerleaders, uh, with the team start coming forward and, and saying, because, we, you know, we're living in a, in a, in a different culture now, and <clears throat> I just feel that so much has been suppressed Yep. But now that we live in a world where anybody with a camera could be considered a photographer or a news reporter, that so many things are starting to come to light, <clears throat> and it's shameful. But I, I just, you know, I, I just feel that now that this door has been opened, I wouldn't be surprised over these next few days and week or so <clears throat> that you're going to see and hear, unfortunately, a lot more horrific, horrific stories about things that have done over the years with cheerleaders. Yeah, and I think, you know, in, the, in my lifetime, we, we've seen some progress both with gender and, and, and race and acceptance in general. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it's stories like this and what we've kind of seen play out over the last few months. You know, we take a step back that 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 really shuts down any of that progress that gets made. And it's difficult for me to, to speak in, you know, as I'm not a, I'm not a woman and, and I'm not a, a black man, but I'm cer certain, certainly sympathetic to, to what's transpired here. And, you know, I, you know, I, I want to see the world be a better place and, and environments like this not exist. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be suppressed for sure. It's got to be. It's shameful. I mean, the, the whole thing is shameful. Just look at the NFL. How much money is generated by the NFL? How much money is involved with the NFL? It's disgraceful that they don't have safeguards in place that these women are not protected, looked after, they're there to do a job, they're getting paid to do a job, and, and, and that's it. They're not there to be harassed, used, escorts in any of these ways. And I just don't understand with such a billions and billions of dollars running through this NFL, how is it they don't have safeguards in place as these things are happening to protect these women? It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me um, that the NFL, even though they're modern with all of their money that they're making, in a lot of ways, they're dinosaurs when it comes to handling, in my opinion, 
racism and 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 the, and the mistreatment of women and, uh, and uh, all, uh, and, uh, all uh, things that go with that. And to your point, look, the, you you're you're risking that money. You know, people start to see that, and you know, you don't want to lose the fans that you've garnered and you don't want to dissuade people from watching your product and and you mentioned it's an entertainment product and i think it's things like this if done not correctly can can really spell a, a very disastrous scenario for the nfl so yeah it's it's a situation that we will watch very very closely um yeah i mean i just it just uh, one more thing about this it's it just on my mind because it, it, it's just bothering me is that you know, the NFL, they need to hire more women in prominent roles in the NFL. Because if you look at how they've handled these suspensions over the years, it, it, it's, it's like mind-boggling. It's like they use the Mo system. And the Mo system is, when it comes to suspension, okay, how many games? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. There's no, there's no rational thinking. There's no logic thinking. I'll give you three separate, specific examples of NFL suspensions, and you tell me in what world this makes sense. Okay, Brady, the Flategate, gets four games. Terrell Pryor, back in 2011, had a situation with Ohio State. He's a poor kid, took money, made a mistake. Ohio State was going to give him five-game suspension. He said, okay, forget about it. Let me just go to the NFL. Do you know what the NFL did? They said, okay, we're upholding that five-game suspension. I don't care what you did as a kid. We're going to make you pay for that mistake. And they suspended him in his rookie year five games. So four games for deflating a football. Five games for taking money as a, as, a, as a poor kid, and they upheld it. And Kareem Hunt gets eight games for shoving, pushing, knocking down, and kicking a woman. What in what world does this make any sense? How how are those things even closely? You know, should, should they be close in terms of suspensions? It's 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 completely random. They need to get people who are not relics and dinosaurs looking at these things and making smarter decisions. Because in the grand scheme of things, four games for a football, five games for a kid taking money when he's, when he's 16, 17 years old, and then eight games for beating up a woman in a hotel hallway. If you, when you look at that, it's so off kilter, it's not even funny. I mean, it's pretty simple. Don't hit women, and it can't be eight games. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted that Kareem Hunt is, is 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 just back out there. I mean, I just feel like that's either got to be uh, way more strict, and you got to make a deterrent for these people. And uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but when I see how they've handled these suspensions in a completely capricious manner. It's, it's, it's really disgraceful. And the relativity does not fit the crimes, that's for sure. That is for sure. It is, uh, it, it is very disheartening to, to, to hear it from that scale, that's for sure. Okay, well, I bet that's, <laughs> that's my vent for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Any, uh, any other thoughts? Or things uh, yeah, so I, I think so, you know, one of the things that seems to be happening uh, you know, slowly, but you know, there, there are opportunities that are starting to come as a result of injury even before the season has gotten started because there's actually been a few 
key injuries out there. And, and, and I'm actually starting to think about, you know, some players that are going to benefit from that. So, and, and also, you know, you've, you've mentioned a couple of deep sleepers. I uh, mentioned it the last one on, uh, on, uh, on the Dolphins podcast uh, in, in Malcolm Perry. Uh, you've mentioned Jaquiz Patrick from, uh, from, from the, from uh, uh, the Bengals, right. The, the signing that they made from the, from the XFL, you got to start looking yeah. at that, but I think there's some opportunities here. You know, there's a couple of players that I'm thinking about right now. So there's a guy pre, you know, from the draft that I really liked the situation he was landing in and his situation just got a lot better because of a, an ending injury to a Washington wide receiver. And that's the injury to Kelvin Harmon who tore his ACL. So that opens the door for opportunity. I thought the opportunity would be there already as did you, Uh, but like someone like Antonio uh, Gandy golden now kind of moves up the pecking order and and presence around the goal line. And and, and another guy that's on my mind as a result of um, Debo Samuels going down. And he was like a darling in, in the preseason last year for the Niners before getting hurt. And that's Jalen Hurd. So I'm actually starting to think about those deep sleepers. And I hope, you know, you're not like our friend Jimmy O'Mara, who's in a coma right now and hasn't looked at a thing. But you got to be looking at this sort of stuff. I think it's really important. Um, so that's what I'm starting to do. And I'm, and I'm looking at situations like that. And a couple of players like that are kind of poking up on my radar and I'm, I'm making my notations now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't understand the people. Like, uh, we have close friends that you know, are just so concerned and upset and they think there's not going to be football and, and they, they're not paying attention and they've kind of like saying, Oh, you know, I'm going to take a pessimistic attitude toward it. So first of all, we, all of us have been going through, uh, you know, a, a, a terrible ordeal and, and what's been happening in unusual times. And we hope that the people that are listening to is given like a little bit, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here, 40 minutes here, time to just take your mind off it. So just from a, a standpoint of that, I think it's been good. So if there's no, in a worst case, there's no football, what's been lost? Nothing's been lost. We've, you know, talking about what we love to talk about. This is stuff that we talk about all the time anyhow. And and if there's no football, nothing's been lost. But guess what? If this NFL season goes on, all of these people that have not been paying attention, have had pessimistic attitudes, have said, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start looking the last second, they are going to be way behind, way behind all of us who are paying attention and focused and are getting ready for the season. So uh, I, I think this year more than any other year is, uh, you know, a, a, a certainly a reason to be paying attention and get ready for the season because um, if there is a season, and I'm hoping that there is a season, there's going to be a lot of variables, and we're going to get everybody prepared for all situations and anything that may happen. And I think, you know, our boy uh, Howie Z was in a panic. Uh, he was in a text message with the two of us furiously texting away. Uh, I don't think either of us responded to it because it was kind of manic, but uh, he was telling us about all kinds of things that, you know, we've got to change the money in the league. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And I think, look, we've talked about it. There's some, there's some different options that, that leagues may have uh, and, and all of us may have to revert to because, you know, if, if it becomes too difficult to, to compete during the season because the player is going down and all that, you know, you may have to rethink how many, you know, a COVID list that each team actually has. You prepare something like that. There's a lot of things that we're going to have to think about. And you should be talking about it and thinking about it. Also, you know, we, we mentioned this in one of our previous podcasts about 
you know, your drafts and in person and not in person, you've, you've got to be thinking and talking about all the different options uh, that, that present itself uh, in, in a time of uh, significant uncertainty. Yeah, you, re- you really do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm commissioner of, of a league and, uh, you know, I help out other leagues as, as well, you know, in advisory role with, with other leagues. And, you know, yeah, I mean, you may have to do some things this year that we just haven't done, which will include um, picking up players on a Sunday. Uh, I'm not sure when a COVID-19 a positive list is going to be announced in the league, or announced for everyone to see on, on a weekly basis. But the league may have to start thinking about making available pickups on a Sunday in some way, shape, or form, uh, so players, so so leagues and fantasy owners can account for a last-minute situation that that arises, which in you know in this environment is more likely than not to happen. So yes, when, yes. when we start hitting, you know, another couple of weeks while I was thinking, oh, well, when we get to August 1st, but hey, that's, that's basically less than two weeks in a way, or, or, two, or exactly two weeks away, we're going to start getting into what we're thinking about doing for our leagues, and what you, you know, things that you could do, and we'd also love to hear from you on what you want to talk about, what you want us to talk about, maybe what you're doing, maybe you have some ideas for your league, so uh, Guru and Wiz at gmail.com and, and, and you let us know, you know, something you want us to talk about, something, you know, you're interested in or something pertaining to your league. And uh, we're, we're certainly going to do our best to guide you live, basically, as it's happening, what we're going to be doing with our league, our meetings, what we're talking about, what we're going to try and implement and, uh, and, and help people out there with their leagues as well. I think it'll be uh, – certainly uh, uh something that that'll be positive if we could all like kind of help each other and figure this out as we go along here yeah i think uh, the the one the one thing i would say to to what you're mentioning is that um, you know as far as a positive covid test i'm assuming that all players are going to be getting tested on game day you know and obviously in the nfl you have one o'clock games and four o'clock games so that that creates a little bit of an issue when it comes to actually finding out you know, the injured list and slash COVID list that are going to be happening. So uh, let me ask you this. Is this a a season where, and I was thinking about this, where you almost abandon, um, you leave the quarterback position, you leave your kicker and your defense. um, And I don't know what the NFL is going to do with its its daily um, NFL roster because, you know, from a kicker, there's one roster, one kicker on a roster. So, uh, we got to think about how that's going to happen. But is this a, a year where you actually lump wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends, and you just create a league where you have a, a ton of flex guys that you're actually playing so you, you have a little bit more lineup variability? Is that something that you you would potentially entertain? I mean, I, we have some deep rosters in, in some leagues, but we know other leagues play with shallow rosters. Shallow rosters means you have less player on your roster. So if you're in the midst of bye weeks and players are going down and, you ha- and, and you've got that situation with the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games – Maybe we have to think about actually abandoning, you know, specific positions and, and the skill players get lumped at one big flex. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's, that's half of the equation. The other half of the equation is simply opening up your league to making pickups on Sunday. Okay, 
you're, the, the, this guy's missing the game. You, your, your league now allows COVID-19 pickups, if you will, on Sunday. Uh, if, if your league can make a pickups manually on the, whatever uh, site you're using, that's fine. Or if you have to contact the commissioner separately on a Sunday. I, so I think half the equation is maybe giving your rosters more flexibility and maybe adding a couple of players. And the other half of the equation is your league needs to have the flexibility or be, and being open to making pickups on Sunday. I think if you combine the two of what you said and what I'm suggesting, I think that kind of answers and has a response to anything that may come up. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, maybe, you know, if your league has uh, two running backs – two or three receivers, a tight end, and a flex, maybe you could just make it two running backs, you know, instead of three receivers, two receivers, and two flex spots, to your point of giving yourself more flexibility to maneuver around with your rosters. Maybe if your league drafted 16 guys, maybe you could go to 18. Maybe if your league drafts 18, you could go to 20. More flexibility, more players on your roster, and Sunday pickups. In my opinion, that's a good response to anything that may come up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, and again, I think it's just something that you want to start thinking about. It's July, July, whatever it is right now, the 18th. Uh, you don't want to be thinking about this uh, on the 31st of August if, if in fact, football is moving along and, and, and we're getting ready to start the season. So preparation needs yeah, to I mean, be. Right, right now we got our, our buddy Steph. He's got his head down. He's not focused and he's, he's upset because he's not going to draft Carlos Hyde or Trey Burton again. And he's not going to be ready to go and he's going to be a doormat for a 15th straight year. So, we got to, you know, keep everyone who's listening uh, raring and ready to go, and, and we're going to be ready, and we want you to be ready. And when there's a league and you're dominating your league because uh, in, in part due to the things and advice that we've given you, you know, we're going to, you know, tell your league I told you so, and, uh, and uh, I think that's fine. You know, it's just uh, I was talking to a former coworker who's a big Eagles fan um, uh, via text uh, the other day, and he's really enjoying our podcast. He said he listened to about thirty of them while he was at work yesterday. I, I won't I won't tell my former employer that he was doing that, but uh, he was saying he was really excited for uh, a couple of teams uh, coming up in terms of team summaries. He's and and one of the teams obviously is the Eagles, but but I was just taking a look at the next six teams, and wow. You know, from a fantasy perspective, your Minnesota Vikings, uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, I, I've got a couple of good friends, John Burke and, and, and John Kane, who are big Pats fans. We get the Eagles, we get the Saints, and we get the two New York teams. So, so the next six team capsules, we're going to, those are really, really cool ones to cover, especially we're local here. So it, it, it creates a, a, an environment where people get all pumped up and all the arguments and, you know, full-spirited uh, pandemonium as a fanatic uh, will, will express. So I'm, I'm excited to do those. Those will be the next bunch that we do. So the next two podcasts that we'll do, uh, whichever day we decide to do it, will be and, your your Vikings and the New England Patriots. And somewhere down the pike, we'll get to probably, you know, one of the most, uh, 
you know, one of the most popular teams in, in terms because, I don't know, I think people kind of like our age, you know, that they were they were a great team in the 70s. Uh, at some point, we're going to get down to the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And uh, we know we have our buddy Rick and our other friend uh, Nunu who are diehard Steeler fans that will be uh, – Loving that podcast, so yeah, we'll be we'll be we'll be getting down to all of these teams as well. Yep. So I'm going to just end with this. Speaking of the Steelers, um, and I'm really afraid to actually bring up the player. I, I was actually watching one of the old episodes from last year from Hard Knocks with that knucklehead Antonio Brown. But are are you factoring him as a potential player in the NFL this year, or is he just not going to be able to overcome everything that happened to him last year? plus the fact that he's probably looking at some sort of a suspension by the NFL even when he does get picked up for a team. I'm, I'm just curious how you're thinking about that specific player. My answer is going to surprise you. I'm, I'm, I'm factoring him in. There's been a lot of quiet things that have been happening, settlements, things with the NFL. He may serve by some kind of suspension, and that's probably right, but – with all the things that have gone on here, I'm not sure, you know, Antonio Brown's tirades and things that he did are going to be something where the NFL is going to say, this is the hill we need to die on. So uh, I am very much considering Antonio Brown and have him on my radar because there's been like some little things that have been going on with the NFL. They've settled this with him. they settled that with him. And, you know, they, they may give him um, – they, they may give him some kind of suspension, but – the one thing that can't be disputed is he is an elite wide receiver. So it's one thing to have, uh, you know, a player of marginal ability. Uh, you know, you have to weigh him. But, yep, Antonio Brown, to answer your question, is, is on my radar. And uh, people should keep an eye on what's going on with him because there's been some subtle things that have gone on with him that I'm, 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 I'm looking at. Well, I'll never forget that game last year uh, when he did play the one game with the Patriots. They they force fed him in the first half. I think he got thrown to like nine or ten times. He caught five balls and a touchdown. Um, you remember I had a bit of a dispute with my uh, partner Mike Meadows at the draft about not wanting Tom Brady, and 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 that was that turned into a little bit of a war, but. I certainly heard all about it that day uh, after Antonio Brown showed up on the New England roster, but uh, fortunately that went away. And, and, and I guess, you know, we also, I, both of these guys could end up on their roster. Josh, Josh Gordon is still getting mentioned as well. Yeah, Josh Gordon. I know there's a lot of, um, the, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're kind of linking everybody to the Seahawks. Josh Gordon to the Seahawks, Antonio Brown to the Seahawks. I don't know. Possibly, maybe, uh, but I, I, I think there's a chance that Antonio Brown um, could be playing football this upcoming season. All right, so we will wrap it up there, Wiz. Uh, this was a fun little uh, journey. I, I enjoyed the conversation. You know, none of this was prescripted. We we just kind of flew off the cuff here, and uh, hopefully, you all enjoyed that. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you guys this week. Like I said, with the team podcasts that we have coming up, and it will be next up. Wiz is Minnesota Vikings, so I expect you to really hammer that one out. Got it. Great job. All right. See ya. <laughs>